I'm going to be reading tonight from Psalms 145, and I'm going to read the first nine verses of this psalm to start us off. If you have your Bible and like to turn over there with me, Psalms 145, verses 1 through 9. Good to have Sister Cole here with us tonight, and I know she's been helping with the peanut brittle, and we appreciate that. I think we have one more day, one more deal of peanut brittle next Monday. So, uh, any, any announcements or anything you need to say about that? So, they've been working hard. They worked late, I know, this past Monday. So, all right. So, if you have anybody that wants them, this is their last opportunity. We bought. I think we bought 300 pounds or 350 pounds, 300 pounds of peanuts this year. So we're on the last, last section of them, last bag of them. Psalms 145, verse number 1. Scripture reads, I will extol thee, O God. I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless thee. I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I will speak of the glorious honor of thy majesty and of thy wondrous works. And men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness. This is what the older generation is saying to the next generation. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall sing of thy righteousness. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Verse 9, the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are over all his works. And there are, there are so many attributes and characteristics when it comes to God that are listed in the scripture that we could talk about. And over the last couple of weeks, we've kind of just scratched the surface in our series we've been doing about God is. Of course, we did God is our creator. We did God is love uh, last Sunday. Uh, we did God is one. Last Wednesday night was God is God. And so we, we've kind of just touched on the surface. And I've kind of had a, a little bit of a challenge to figure out in this series what I'm going to teach and what I'm going to preach about. And here in this psalm, there's some more insight about God, about His characteristics. Um, if, you, if you can still see it there in your Bible, for example, verse 3 says, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and His greatness is unsearchable. And we could definitely say God's great, couldn't we? We could say God's great, His greatness is unsearchable. We could also talk about verse number 8 where it says the Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. We could say He's a God of grace, or God is gracious, and uh, He's the God of all grace, one place in the Scripture says. We could talk about that tonight. Um, But verse 9 is where we're going to use here tonight as our text and as a launching point where it says the Lord is good to all. And my message tonight is simply that God is good. Amen. God is good. And we've touched on these other things, but um, this, is a, this, is, this is a theme of, 
this psalm, but it's a theme of many parts in the scripture. So I want you, we're going to start out here with a few scriptures, and I want you to turn back to Psalm 107 with me. Let's read a few verses here in Psalms 107. And I'm going to read a few scriptures, and then we're going to get into our some more um, important things here. But look at Psalms 107 with me. The psalmist said, O give thanks unto the Lord, verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy, and gathereth them out of the lands from the east, from the west, from the north, from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. But then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses, and He led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. And then notice this verse 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. For He satisfieth the longing soul, and filleth the hungry soul, with goodness. Oh, that men, verse 8, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, for his wonderful works to the children of men. That phrase is repeated at least three more times in this psalm. Verse number 15, it's repeated again. Verse number 21, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And then verse 31, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. So the Lord is good, isn't He? Anybody here testify the Lord's been good to you? You could, you could say amen to that. You could say that God has been good to me. Um, Psalms 100, a few pages back in your Bible, you'll recognize Psalms 100 probably. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. And then... Um, Oh, I, I quoted the wrong verse, didn't I? Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Verse 3. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm, I'm sorry. I got sidetracked. Verse 4. Let's just start there. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him and bless His name. For the Lord is... There it is. The Lord is... Good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endureth to all generations. Psalm 34 and 8. Most of you know that verse. Oh, taste. In fact, we put it on our peanut brittle bags. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is. He's good. Peanut brittle's good, but God's good. God is good. One more verse, Sister Kylie, if you'll put 1 Chronicles 16:34. There's one more if you're taking notes. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. For He is good. His mercy endureth forever. So it's not just a single verse that I'm talking about, but I'm talking about a major theme here in relation to God, that He is good. In fact, whenever Moses um, when Moses was on the mountain, he was on Mount Sinai, and he was talking to the Lord, and the Lord was talking to him. Moses asked the Lord, he said, Lord, show me your glory. Remember that? Lord, show me your glory. But you know what the Lord did when Moses said, show me your glory? Exodus 33. 
verse number 18. Look what the Lord did for Moses when Moses asked the Lord, show me your glory. Exodus 33 and 18. Uh, Show me your glory. Verse 19. He said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee and will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So when Moses asked for glory to see the glory of God, God showed him his goodness. And the Lord connected goodness with his glory, what the Lord was doing or what the Lord had done and what the Lord was going to do. Um, Now that's, that's something to me. That we want to see God reveal Himself. We want to see God at work. God showing the good things that He's doing. Just keep that in mind. You know, because uh, I'm going to refer back to it here in a minute, but you talk about goodness, and goodness can be defined in more than one way. Um, often we define goodness by what someone does, by how they, what they do for us or the things that they do, we say, we say things like, he's a good mechanic. We relate it to the job or the performance they do. Uh, she's a good cook. And we, we identify goodness by what they do or the level that they do it at. We might say something like, they're, they're good musicians or they're good singers or he's a, uh, or she's a good teacher or or he's a good this, or he's a good that. And we, we tie it to what a person does um, according to their performance. But when you talk about goodness, you can also talk about it in terms of a person's character. Not just what they do, but who they are. Sometimes we say they're a, they're a good person. And we're not talking about just something they did. We're talking about their character. We're talking about... The, what. You know, we might say something like, they come from good stock, meaning they've got some good character. There's some, there's some uh, foundation there. They come from some good background. So basically, if you talk about goodness, and we're talking about the goodness of God, goodness is basically defined in one of two ways, by actions and by character, by what a person or by what God is doing, but also by who they are. And even the Bible defines God in, the ter- in these kinds of terms when it comes to His goodness. And I came across a verse in studying this, Psalms 119, verse 68. Psalms 119 is all about the Word of God. And nearly every verse, practically every verse in the 119th Psalm, mentions some way, it mentions the Word of God, where it says statutes or um, His Word or it, it uses words like... Um, his commandments or his, uh, his righteous judgment. Anyway, you can read through the 119th Psalm and see all the different ways that the Word of God is mentioned. But the 68th verse makes this statement about the Lord. It says, Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. Now this is talking about the Lord. It says, Lord, you're good, but you're not just good, you do good. So if you're talking about God is good, 
we're talking about this in a twofold manner in the things that he's doing, but he's also a good God. Because there are people that sometimes will do a good thing, but they're not a good person. Is that right? I mean, sometimes people will do something good so that they get something in return. They'll manipulate somebody so that they, you know, they'll, they might buy them a candy bar so they'll do something good for them, you know. They, but God is not just somebody that does good, but He is good. He's good all the time. So He is good. This, and this first half of this verse is talking about His moral excellence. And we would say tonight that God is the, He's the original definition of good. Just, just kind of stay with me here for a minute. But you talk about what is good, it begins with God. It starts with Him. It's, if, if you were here Sunday morning in this service, in the adult service, we were talking about God is love. And love, and I, and I was talking about how that love is, a, love is a signpost, or it's a signal that, to me anyway, that, that there is a, actually a God at work in this world. That if, that if there is no God, if there is no love, this world would be a cruel, evil, dark, hard place to live in, wouldn't it? If there's no God, if there's no love, well, you talk about goodness. Goodness is another one of those signposts that you look out there and you can actually witness and see good things happening and good, the fruit of good things in life. And it testifies the fact that there's something more than just people acting out of their nature, out of their natural being, that there really is a God at work that's countering all the evil and the hard things in this life. And so you talk about God and God is good. For people, people like you and me, goodness is just like a quality we can kind of hang or add to our life. Goodness is just like one of those, uh, it's like an added characteristic or added attribute that we can add to our life. But with God, He is good. He's all the time good. There's, there's, no, there's no darkness, there's no evil, there's no bad in God at all. That's why when that young man came running up to Jesus and he kneeled before him and he said, Good master, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, wait a minute. Why callest thou me good? He said, there is none good, but one that is God. So there's only one that is good, that is God. And, you know, we, we call all kinds of things good. Peanut brittle's good. I don't know why that's on my brain right. Peanut brittle is good. Steak is good. There's good people. Um, we have, maybe we have a good friend or we have a, a good spouse or we have a, uh, whatever, a good job. We call all kinds of things good. But God is the original. And he is the best example of good. Because there's nothing tainted about God. You take a, a piece of steak, a piece of meat, it could be good or it could be bad. You ever had a bad steak? You ever had a, a person in your life, a friend? They could be a good friend or they could be a bad friend. People can be good or bad. Um, you know, it, we call a lot of things good, but everything that's associated with this world and this life it could be spotted, it could be tainted, there could, it could go either way, good or bad, but not God. There's nothing in the Lord that is, 
that is tainted. There's nothing about God that's bad or evil. He is, he is good. And so, you know, that's his character. That's who he is. But his actions are good, too. This, this is where the world tries to influence people like you and me into thinking that God is bad and God's doing bad things. But God is not doing bad things. The things that God is doing, they're good. His kindness, His mercy, His, His generosity, His love. And you think about you people like you and me and all of our issues and all of our baggage and all of our shortcomings and all of our problems. And yet God looks at somebody like this and says, I'm going to be kind to you. I'm going to show goodness to you. That's, that's, that's the definition. That is, that is where goodness starts with a God who, who can just love somebody like, like you and me, who, have, who we have hang-ups and we have issues. And God's for us. God has our back. He's doing good. God's good to us. You know that? Even though life is not always the best, God's still good. And sometimes people like to blame the bad things in their life on a good God, but the bad things in their life are not a result of a good God. They're a result of bad people and a bad world that we're a part of. God is good. And you, you, you look around and you see how God reveals His goodness. And, and I got to studying this and looking at this, and I thought, you know, how does God reveal His goodness? How do we see God's goodness in life and and one way i know that we see god's goodness is is just by looking around and natural natural blessings um i'm gonna i'm gonna read here a few verses from psalm 145 again that's where we started but i want to i want to look at a couple of verses here for a moment and david writes this psalm and he says In verse number 3, Psalm 145, verse 3. Great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. And so, David, he says here, uh, the Lord's great and, and the older generation. So if you're an elder here, if you're an older person, this is part of our responsibility. We've got to start telling the generation following us of the good things that God's doing. We're not quiet. We're not silent. We're telling them the things that God's doing. And he says, One generation shall praise thy works to another, shall declare thy mighty acts. We're letting our children know that God is good, that God is doing great things. We're letting our grandchildren know, hey, God is doing great things. So look at verse number 7. Psalm 145, verse 7. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy goodness. Abundantly. We're talking about it a lot. We're talking about what God's doing. We're not talking about a bunch of nonsense. We're not talking about things that don't matter. We're talking about the goodness of God. Amen. We're passing that down to the people that are coming behind us. We're letting them know that the Lord is good. Verse number 8. These are the things we're saying. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. He's slow to anger, of great mercy. Verse 9. The Lord is good to all. I know sometimes people feel slighted by God. I know sometimes people don't feel like they got a fair shake in life. 
but I'm going to say that God is good to everybody. And His tender mercies are over all His works. The Lord is good to all, everybody. Does that just apply to people in the Bible? Does that just apply to people that lived in Bible times? And I would say no. It applies to the people that are sitting here in this room. God's good to us, isn't He? God's good to everybody. Amen. That's, I think that's something that we need to, that we need to constantly wear or, or hold in the front of our minds. God is good. God, well, I'm having a bad day. Well, God is good. I'm sick today. Well, God is good. God's good all the time. Verse 15, he said, The eyes of all wait upon thee. Still in Psalm 145, verse 15. The eyes of all wait upon thee. Now give us meat their, give us them their meat in due season. Thou openest thine hand and satisfiest the desire of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, holy in all his works. Amen. This is such a beautiful psalm that David's writing, and he's talking here in this, this passage, this portion that I just read, he's talking about how. The creation, the animals, he said their eyes are, they're on him and they're waiting. And he said, verse 15, that you give meat, their meat in due season, that you open your hand, Lord. It's like the Lord opens his hand and he feeds the birds. It's like the Lord opens his hand and he takes care of the animals. That's the goodness of the Lord. And the Lord is righteous in all his ways. But my point in reading this and, and sharing this is that everywhere we look, God's goodness is on display. It's every day, every corner of the earth, we see the goodness of God. We see nature. We see uh, God at work. And we see His His goodness displayed. In fact, the psalmist said this. He said, I think it's Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. The heavens declare the glory of God. When Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. You know what the Lord showed him? His goodness. You want to see the goodness of God? Just look at the heavens. The work of his hands. Sometimes all we're tempted to do is look at the the issue in front of us and look at the problems that we're dealing with. And we're looking at the struggle in front of us. We could see, oh, if we would just lift up our eyes a little bit and start looking around, we could see the goodness of the Lord. Stop and enjoy what God's created, what God's, you know, God gave us this day. This is the day the Lord has made. I will, I'll what? I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Preacher, you don't know my, you don't know my, you don't know how bad a day I had. This is the day the Lord has made. I will, I will rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I, sometimes people are always complaining about the weather. It's easy. It's the weather is one of those things that's easy to complain about. But there are people who, who gets cold and then they think, man, I can't wait till summer gets here. And then there's people who summer gets here. Oh, I can't wait for cooler weather. And it's like we're always waiting for the next season. We're always waiting for better weather. Always waiting for better. And we forget to enjoy the weather, the day that God did give us. 
God's good all the time. I'd like to have a blizzard once in a while. But if there's a blizzard out there, God is good. God's good in a tornado. We had a tornado hit our, the corner of our church a few years ago. And it busted up our sign and rolled up the metal on the corner of that roof. Uh, it would be right back out there. Blew out a window on one of the church fans, maybe two windows. But nobody got hurt. Insurance covered it all. God's good. I can hang my head and say, oh, why did it have to happen to New Life? Why did it have to happen to our church? And uh, God's good. In everything, give thanks. But we see God in His goodness all around. But you know, another place that we see God at work, I want you to turn back to Psalms 107. Another way that we see God at work is how God intervenes in our lives and how God works in our lives when we need Him. And this, this psalm, this 107th psalm, it's the one that says four times in the psalm, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. And there are, there are basically four scenarios in this psalm of things happening to people and the Lord comes and He delivers them. And if you look at this psalm kind of on a 30,000 foot scale, you, you see it as, as just four stories of deliverance of how the Lord works. And it concludes with, oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. But, um, for example, here, let's, let's look at this 107th psalm. And he starts out by talking about uh, people who wandered, verse 4, they wander in the wilderness in a solitary way and they don't find a city to dwell in. And they're hungry and they're thirsty and their soul faints. So you've got people that are looking for something. They're looking for something to satisfy their soul. But verse 6 says, But then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He delivered them out of their distresses and led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city of habitation. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works for the children, to the children of men. So this first one is, God intervenes in, in people's lives, who people who are hungry and thirsty, and they're looking for something to satisfy. And they cry out to the Lord, and the Lord steps up and He delivers them. And then the psalmist said, oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. But then there's another, another one here uh, that describes some more people. Look at verse number 11, if you can see it in your Bible. Psalms 107, verse 11. And it talks about people, they rebelled against the words of God and contemned the counsel of the Most High. So this is not somebody who's looking for something to satisfy their soul but these are people who have rebelled against God. They rebelled against the Word of God. Verse 12 says, Therefore He brought down their heart with labor. They fell down. There was none to help. But verse 13, Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of their darkness, out of the shadow of death, and broke their bands asunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children of men. 
See, God saw that person who had rebelled. And when they cried unto the Lord, the Lord brought them out of that darkness. And then there's a, a third one there. Let's, let's do, look at verse number 17 here. And this third group of people, the psalmist calls them fools. He said, fools because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, they're afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat and they draw near unto the gates of death. So you got a group of people that they're foolish because they got wrapped up in their sin and their transgression and their iniquities and they're, they're dragged to the bottom because of their sin. They're caught up in their sin. But verse 19, then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and He saveth them out of their distresses. He sent His Word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness, for His wonderful works to the children. This, this is such a, a great illustration here of how God delivers people and people who are not just thirsty and hungry and looking for something to satisfy in their soul, but people who rebel against the Word of God and people who, um, who get... Who become fools because of their transgressions and their iniquities. God delivers them and God heals them. And then there's a fourth group here that's mentioned. Uh, look at verse 23. It talks about people that go down to the sea in ships, do business in the great waters, and they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. And then verse 25 starts talking about a storm. He commandeth and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven. They go down to the depths. Their soul is melted because of trouble. Verse 27, They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man and are at their wit's end. So this is the person who's caught up in the storm. This is the person who's caught up in the calamity of, of waves and, and tossed to and fro. They're reeling to and fro. But then verse 30, or excuse me, verse 28, Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh the storm a calm, so that the waves thereof are still. Then they are glad because they are quiet, so He bringeth them unto their desired heaven. Oh, haven, oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. What a beautiful psalm that, that shows God intervening in people's lives. And and I don't know how many of you can, probably every one of you could testify at one point or another that maybe you fit the description of one of these peoples, of one of these groups of people. You were, you were in a storm or you became foolish or you rebelled or you were the one that was thirsty and you were looking for something to satisfy your soul. And you, you turned and you called on God and you said, God save me, God help me, God deliver me. And God reached down and He delivered us. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness. God is good. God is good. And when the Lord extends His goodness, when God reaches His hand down and He blesses people and He, he moves in people's situations and He moves in their circumstances, that's when people need to respond to the goodness of the Lord. The Bible says that in Romans 2 and 4, that it is the goodness of God. It is the goodness, look at that verse, His goodness and forbearance, and not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. 
You read Romans chapter 1. It's, about, it's, a, it's a chapter that tells a story of people that are moving away from God. They're moving into apostasy. apostasy. They are backsliding. They, they become reprobate in their thinking and they, they lose out with God. And then you get to chapter 2 of Romans and, and God, Paul starts talking about how God's going to judge people. He's going to judge people according to the, the secrets of their hearts and He's going to judge people according to the gospel. He's going to judge people according to their deeds. And, and people think, well, I'm going to be excused. I'm not, I'm not going to be judged by God. And so Paul makes this statement in Romans 2.4, and he says, not knowing that the goodness of God leads thee to repentance. When God reaches people with His goodness, their response is they turn back to God. They repent. They, re- they repent. That's the response to the goodness of the Lord is repentance. Um, I think sometimes people mistake, they they mistakenly think that the goodness of God is just tied to more money, more things, more blessings, better relationships or different relationships. And people think, well, God's good to me because I got a raise or I got a new car, I got a new house, I got new clothes, I got this new... And sometimes all we can think about in our mind is, well, God's goodness, God's good because I got all this extra stuff in my life. But I think that sometimes God's goodness is at trial. Sometimes it's the bump in the road that jars us and says, wait a minute, I need to get back to God. He said, um, I don't understand this trial. Well, maybe that's the Lord's goodness saying, um, you're getting too caught up in that direction. And He turns us back. And sometimes it takes a trial. Sometimes it takes a test for God to get our attention, doesn't it? That's the goodness of God. Sometimes it's a, Maybe it's a car wreck that causes somebody to wake up and say, I'm not where I need to be with God. That's God's goodness. And so when God extends his goodness, we repent. But um, but I also want to share a verse here with you. Psalms, if you'll just help me, Kylie. Psalms 31, 19, and 20. Just, I'm not going to turn over and read these, but I want, I want you to see them on the screen. The psalmist said, Oh, how great is thy goodness, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Now notice this. Thou shalt hide them in the secret of thy presence from the pride of men. Thou shalt keep them secretly in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. And when I read those verses... It, it lets me know that, that in the goodness of God, there is a safe place to hide. There's a safe place to escape. In his pavilion, it said there in that verse, in a pavilion from the strife of tongues. In other words, there's a place of rest because of God's goodness. Sometimes God extends his goodness to people so they can find a place where they can get away from, from their enemy, from the strife of tongues. There's a place of rest. God's good all the time. 
all the time. God's good. Praise the Lord. Um, I, I read a story, and I'm going to close with this, but I, I read a story not too long ago about a young boy who was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy, which, of course, is a, it, it's a debilitating disease. It takes away people's uh, motor skills and their ability to function and as it progresses. But this boy was five years old when he was diagnosed with muscular dystrophy. He ended up dying when he was 25. And his name was John Gilbert. And a guy named John Ortberg told this story. John Ortberg used to be a pastor or a teaching pastor at, at uh, oh, Bill Hybels Church, Willow, Willow Creek. But anyway, John Ortberg told this story. And he said, when John Gilbert was still a boy, and he had this muscular dystrophy. They invited him to go to a fundraiser for the NFL, the National Football League. So he goes to this fundraiser, and they have an auction at the fundraiser. And there's a basketball up there that they're selling at the fundraiser. And it's signed by the whole basketball team of the Sacramento Kings. It's an NBA team. And all the players on the team had signed that basketball. And he wanted that basketball. So when the bidding started for the basketball, John Gilbert, this little boy, he raises his hand. When his mom sees his hand go up, she immediately goes up and she pulls his hand down because she knows we can't, we don't have the money to buy this basketball. So the bidding goes on and these people are bidding and the price of this basketball just keeps going up and up and up until finally it sells and it's just an astronomical price. And the man who bought the basketball walked up to the front and he claimed his prize and, and he turns around and he goes back and instead of going back to his own seat, he goes back to that little boy, John Gilbert, and he just gently lays it gives it to him, gives it to this boy who's never going to be able to dribble a basketball, never going to be able to shoot free throws or pass it to him, just gives it to this little boy. And he, he, you know, he loved that ball. He treasured it the rest of his life. But when I, when I heard that, read that story, I thought, you know, that's, that's, that's just like the goodness of God. God just gives us things. We can't, we can't afford it. We can't buy it. We don't earn it. And, and God's just that way to us. And he, he shows kindness to us. The Bible says this, that every good gift, every good gift, and every perfect gift, it comes from the Father of lights. It comes down from the Father. If there's any good in our life, it's not because I got a college education. And it's not because I married the right person. And it's not because I'm doing some, trying to do some things right. But it's because it came down from the Father of lights in whom is no variableness, neither shall. It came from God. And so that means I just have to lay aside all my pride. I have to put aside all my, all my uh, thoughts of, of, of attaining things and how important we may think we are. And just say, if there's any good in my life, it's because God is good. And God is good all the time. And all the time, God deserves our praise. God deserves our life. God deserves us to acknowledge Him. Amen. This, you know, the world wants us to think that God is evil, and they, they, ask, they ask questions like, well, if God's good, why is all the why is all there's evil in this world? It's because man's evil. Satan's bad. But God is and I want him in my heart. I want him in my life. I want him influencing me. I want him, I want him influencing the affairs of, of our life. Amen. Stand with me, please. Praise the Lord. What a good God. What a God is.
good. Amen. He sees us. He knows us. He helps us. He directs us. And I love him, don't you? Amen. Let's worship him together. God, we lift you up today. We're thankful, Lord, for the kindness that's been extended to us. God, for the word of the Lord, the promises, Lord, that have never failed. And God, I thank you for the material blessings and the financial blessings in my life. I thank you, Lord, for uh, the relationships and the people you put around me. I thank you, Lord, for this church family. Thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. And God, thank you most of all for this great salvation and the forgiveness of sins. All that you do for us, Lord, we acknowledge you and Lord, give you the glory and the praise and the thanks for it. God, help this, this word, O oh Lord, to be ever in our hearts. Let it plant a seed in our lives, O oh God. I pray, O oh Lord, we would not forget the source of, of love and the source of goodness in this world. I pray, O oh God, that we would always have our eyes, Lord, focused on you and not be deceived. Bless your people, I pray. Bless our homes tonight, I pray. Watch over and protect us as we go home tonight, I pray.